Hello and welcome to Oh No, Ross and Carrie, the show where we don't just report on French science, spirituality, and claims of the paranormal, but take part ourselves. Yeah, when they make the claims, we show up so you don't have to. I'm Carrie Poppy. And I'm Ross Blotcher. Welcome to this spooky episode. Yeah. We're, we're a little late for Halloween. My ghost voice. Uh, that, 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 <laughs> your, your ghost voice is like, uh, I don't know, like a sassy uh, Bronx like a, gangster. Oh, interesting. I, I was thinking a, a Western old woman. Oh, oh, interesting. Oh, okay. get, come over here, you sweet little thing. Oh, there you go. Okay, okay. yeah, definitely. I'm getting there. But she's dead, so she's a ghost. We skipped the actual Halloween. Right. Because we didn't have any ads scheduled. <laughs> we were like, oh, well, then goodbye. So if you enjoy our podcast coming regularly, you should be very thankful for these ads. You should be thankful to Rothy's. You should be thankful to Quip, just to pick a couple randomly. <laughs> because we see those coming like, oh, well, we have to release an episode. Otherwise, I would dither endlessly because <laughs> I could always spend an extra day prepping or studying or something. Mm-hmm, sure. But this forces us to do it. Yeah. Got to get that ad out. So go buy some shoes. We did have a spooky investigation just before spooky. Halloween. So now we're extending Halloween. Think of this as your extended Halloween. You're welcome. You're welcome. Speaking of which, we have an update on our curses. Yes. For those of you following along on Facebook, you might have seen our posts about some curses that we received. We had said on the show, we just put it out there, it would be fun to be cursed. Mm-hmm. Is fun I the think right you word? said it would be fun to be cursed, and I was like, I don't know, if email <laughs> us and we'll, we'll see. I guess this is a Ross thing, like, please curse me. <laughs> uh, so one of our very generous listeners, Jesse Mays, was willing to curse us, and Jesse is a witch, and a, a listener to the show, and very kindly offered to even work with us to decide upon good curses. All her curses were pretty kind, yeah, pretty mild. Yeah, they reminded me of the uh, Would You Rather game. One of my favorite cards was one that said, Would you rather always have wet socks or always have wind blowing in your face? Oh, wind blowing in my face. Yeah. Oh, Uh, by so much. I think I would go with the wet socks. What? It would be annoying, but they'd both be annoying. But the wind always blowing in my like, even if you're lying down on bed trying to read, there's wind blowing in your face. That's (laughs) funny and super annoying. I guess eventually, like your eyes and mouth would dry out. And you might <laughs> yes, you exactly. might die, but you also could die from wet socks. Yeah. So uh, is it the same wet socks, or can you keep trading them out for other wet socks? I'm gonna assume that you can swap them out. Okay. But they're just always your feet are always moist. You just never get dry. People hate the word moist. I'm sorry, I said that. Sorry, guys. Anyway, so I can't remember what the choices were for me, but the one I picked was to bump into things on oh, a regular basis. Right. Have a heightened chance of bumping into stuff. bumpability. And we kind of arbitrarily decided, let's make this active for two months. Till Halloween. Jesse even shot a video of this where 
she had taken a picture of me and a picture of you when we get to your curse and, you know, wrapped them up and put a wax seal on them and everything. It was really cool. And uh, I didn't see this. I got to go look. Oh, yeah. Check this out. And uh, so we were there on her spell box for two months. We decided all of September and all of October. So that was my curse. What was your curse? So she gave us sort of a list to pick out of. And like you say, they were all pretty mild and sweet. I felt like if I asked to bump more, I wouldn't know what my baseline is, but I know it's high. I bump into Mm -hmm. stuff a lot. I've always got a bruise, don't know where it's from. So I thought I won't be able to track whether that's more or less. The thing that I felt like, okay, this, this happens to me rarely, rarely enough to notice was having a rock in my shoe all the time. I assume not literally all the time, but you know, this being a more frequent occurrence than usual. I kept a bump curse log on my phone. And anytime I bumped into something, I had to write down the date, (laughs) the time, the circumstance. What Uh, if you bump into someone? Literally bump into them or like, like, oh, I haven't seen you since high school. Great to see you, Hang on, let me pull out my app. (laughs) No, those are metaphorical bumps. Okay. What if you bump into trouble? I think that's still a metaphorical bump. Okay. The month of September, I did a fair amount of bumping into things. I would say on average, maybe once every three days. Okay. Do you think that's more than usual or you were just aware of it this time? I think I was just aware of it this time. And we haven't had a full two months to get a baseline, get a baseline. But I feel like this is a minimal amount of bumping. Mm -hmm. Some of the funnier bumps were I told my coworkers about this curse and they thought that was pretty hilarious. And I put them on alert to call it out anytime that I bumped into something. Mm -hmm. Ross, you have to write that down. It's funny. I noticed a lot more other people around me bumping into things. Oh, Uh. if you were cursed, you'd have to write that down. (laughs) But yeah, once after telling them about this, I bumped my knee on a chair. And another time in front of Sunday assembly, I told them about this whole curse. And seriously, minutes later, I walked backwards and bumped over a music stand and it clattered to the floor. (laughs) Did everyone love it? Yeah, it was hilarious. I just thought that was great. Oh, come to think of it, now we're post-curse. And just yesterday, I broke an easel at work. Oh, no. And I didn't necessarily bump into it, but I was like holding up a picture frame that I'd taken off of it, and it slowly started falling back. <laughs> like, no, stop, stop, oh, no. stop. And it oh, fell, yeah. Fell back On like 14 axes because it's an easel. <laughs> right, exactly. Another good one was in early October, and I was walking to work, and I read often as I walk mm-hmm. to work. So I've got like half an hour that I can read and I'll look up when I'm crossing an intersection. Mm -hmm. But same, uh, I do that a lot. People will yell out at me and say like, that's more dangerous than texting and driving. And I think, what? (laughs) What? People yell that entire sentence at you? Yeah. Or variations of that thought or idea. It's like, what a stupid thing to say. (laughs) Like, There's no universe in which that could be true. Yes, I'm going 1.4 miles an hour on this sidewalk. On foot, I'm not operating a two-ton vehicle or (laughs) a half-ton vehicle, whatever it may be. force of my 145-pound body going (laughs) one miles an hour. (laughs) Hoo boy! You know, little (laughs) moments like that in my life, I have real respect or sympathy for people who complain about other things that like people constantly say, like pointing out certain physical attributes or, you know, like telling a woman to smile or, or anything that becomes just an annoying refrain in your life. Mm-hmm. Like, I just don't want always to be pulled into that frame of mind or having to answer that question or responding to X. I would rather be responding to something else and just having people say like, oh. that's so dangerous. <laughs> like, no, it's not. Da- I'm walking and reading. <laughs> 
that's a crazy thing for people to complain about. So I was thinking about that, and mere moments later, then I tripped on the side of the curb as I was ah. getting onto a new block. So I chuckled at myself, and then I wrote in my bump curse log. You can see uh, not too many bumps there for those two months. Nice. Very little in the month of October. Really, I became quite bump-free. couple dozen? Just over a dozen Okay. for the two months. So I, I would say this is a very normal amount of Six rust. Six months. One every five things. days, you're noticing a bump. Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to say the curse did not cause me to bump into everything. Okay. How about the rocks in your shoes? I only noticed a rock in my shoe one time. I was walking through... The pool area at my complex. Okay. And I was like, oh, what's that? Something in my shoe. And I opened up a little teeny, 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 tiny rock. And, and I was you like, said, curses. Oh, look at that. But that was the only time. Okay. Yeah. Right. Well, we greatly appreciate the curses. Oh, yes. Thank you, Jesse. Indeed. And Jesse took another video when we were released from our curses. So. Oh, good. Gosh, I'm missing all this good video content. All right. I'll share it with you later. Okay. <laughs> oh, hey, guess what? We have... Another really cool update. Yeah? This is related to our last Max Fun Drive. Oh, I think I know where you're going with this. So our wonderful supporters, thank you all, helped get us past a very exciting milestone, which was to put up a billboard to tell people to research round Earth. Yes. Because there's been a little bit too much of this a research flat Earth. Going around, going a flat so what's what's coming up? Where can people find this billboard? Well, when you think of a billboard, maybe you think of a board on the side of the road held up vertically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what I think of. Perpendicular to the ground or so. But I don't. I think, can we make this even bigger? Can we make it even better? What about <laughs> an aerial billboard? Could Wait we, a second. Could we fly a banner in the sky, in these heavens, proclaiming that one must research round Earth. Could we? Why not? You know what? I would say the sky is the limit. <laughs> so let's go to the limit. Exactly. So in Frisco, Texas, on November 14th, 2019, if you go to the Flat Earth International Conference at the Embassy Suites Dallas Frisco Hotel and Conference Center, and if you go outside during lunchtime between 12 and 1.30 p.m., Look up in the sky, because... <laughs> because we're going to have an aerial billboard that reads, Research Round Earth, Love, Ross and Carrie. Yay! So we're hoping everybody will come out of the Flat Earth Conference for their lunch break. Carrie, check the schedule <laughs> and everything. And that's what they'll see in the air. And so if you're anywhere in the area, see it as well. Maybe capture some video or uh, some photos and send them to us. Yeah, take some pics for us. Also, if you maybe work for a local newspaper or something, hit us up. We got a news release. It'll be good times. Yeah. I hope. So that there we go. That is our, our promise of the billboard fulfilled. And we're very excited for it to hopefully make some waves. Some sky waves, some um, uh, chemtrails. Oh, yeah. <laughs> was oh, that an no. option to add on chemtrails? Playing? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was like an extra 75. And I was like, ah, uh, you know, that's an expensive dinner. Ooh, could we still add it? <laughs> sure. <laughs> Might be worth I'll it. I'll just tell you it's happened. It'll be the same effect. 
<laughs> yes, we. I need seventy five dollars. I feel like the dog. They just had the fake stick thrown. Anyways, <laughs> thank you all for helping us get to this lofty point in our career as podcasters. And thank you for supporting Maximum Fun, which makes wonderful shows like this one. Hi, it's me, Paula Poundstone. And it's me, Adam Felber. We have a podcast called Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone. It's a comedy podcast where we bring on experts to teach us stuff we need to know. And by the way, the guy who came to tell us what to do when you encounter a bear never showed up. Anyway, it's fun. You are guaranteed laughs in every episode. You can't really guarantee laughs. What if somebody doesn't laugh? We'll get sued. Join us for our next episode where we have an expert in consumer law explain to us how to defend ourselves against one humorless litigious shut-in with enough time on their hands to sue us over our unfulfilled claim of guaranteed laughs in every episode here at MaximumFun.org. The Cat of the Week is Mabel from Green Bank, West Virginia. So what did we investigate, Carrie? We investigated Jill Marie Morris. Another psychic slash comedian? I have to give her props for this. She calls herself a comedium. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Uh, Absolutely. I approve of comedium. I like it, and anything she does from here out is fine. Well done. Yeah, she just went up uh, a few notches in my book. Mm -hmm. Uh, So you found this. and I must have. You sent me the invitation that you bought our tickets, right? It did. To Hollywood Ever After with psychic medium Jill Marie Morris. She was doing this at the Dearly Departed Museum. On Santa Monica Boulevard in Los Angeles. Dearly Departed Tours does death tours around Los Angeles. So that's where we headed on Saturday, October 26th. Right before Halloween, we were all thinking, oh, this is going to be a real good Halloween episode. We got this in the can. Oh, we don't have an ad. Bye bye. (laughs) Let's take a week off. We could use a week off. But we're back. Hello. Hello. So we got the tickets at some point on Eventbrite. How much was it? $1,000. That's too much. No, that's not true. I want to say it was $30. Yeah, so I think there were VIP tickets or general admission tickets. And I think the VIP was around 40 or 50. It said yeah, 20 to ah. 40 on Eventbrite. So yeah, we probably okay. bought the $20 tickets. Yeah, so we wanted to get the VIP because then you're guaranteed your own reading. Mm-hmm. But there were a limited number of those. So we had to settle for general. Blech. We'll be in the chorus. Blech. Oh, boy. So we came down to their museum and it was my first time there. You were already there. Most oh. people were already there. I was kind of like slightly late, but they hadn't started yet. I had been in conversation with them for a while that day. Oh, had you now? Yeah. So I saw on their website that it was listed as 6 p.m., but our ticket said 7 p.m. So I called the number on their website and got this young man. He was explained to him the problem and he said, which tour did you want to go on? And I was like, no, 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 none of the tours. It's a talk at the museum itself. Oh, we have those? Oh, okay. <laughs> and then like, then he had to look it up himself and then he's- It's one of those responses where you start thinking- you're I'm no more informed help- than you. Yeah, you're no more helpful in this situation. <laughs> Maybe we should just stop Shit. talking. Yeah. Is there anybody uh, else can I can talk to? Can me up with another human? Yeah, so then he looked it up on their website and he's like, yep, 6 p.m. And I'm like, well, I'm looking at that here. That's That doesn't help give me additional <laughs> insight of any kind. Is there anybody who might know about this? And so he's like, finally, it took like five minutes. He's like, okay, let me transfer you to my boss. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, his boss knew it was at seven. Well, wait. Yeah, no, cause... first she said she wasn't sure she'd have to call the medium. Okay. She couldn't get a hold of the medium. I 
found the medium's personal cell phone number. Long story. I called the medium. She said, it's at seven. I was like, great. Can't wait. Called back. And they then Terry Pryor was like, yeah, it is. It's at seven. All right. And well, whew, thanks for doing that heavy story. investigative lifting <laughs> so I could show up slightly after seven. And there were a couple rows of just your regular folding chairs and maybe about 24 people. So. Oh, I thought a little more than that. Okay. I would but say under mid- 30. Yeah. Yeah. So, somewhere in the 20s. But it was a fairly intimate affair. For sure. And you're wedged into the first room of this museum. Yes. Uh, so you're right past kind of the initial stacks of postcards and books and mm-hmm. a lot of stuff about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah, I, I the, think the newish Tarantino movie. I think one of the guys from the museum had been a consultant on that film. Ah, uh, right. Because it involves the Tate murder. Makes sense. In a very interesting way, but I won't say more than that. Mm, good film. Yeah, worth watching. Anyways, there's kind of a... I don't know. There was like a little altar set up. Yeah, there was a a table with like a fake cauldron on it and some candles somewhere in between uh, reverent and playful. Yeah, there was some skulls and... See a pumpkin, it looks like. Some little kind of tea lights or at least small candles, plants. Yeah. Decorative skulls. And a tablecloth that has sort of a web design built into it. Not like internet, but uh, spider web. (laughs) And that's where all of the chairs were set up in front of that. And then they had food on the other side. Yeah, which I didn't know was going to happen. I had really shoveled down some dinner. Oh, that's true. I'd actually eaten, but hey, I wasn't going to turn down some free pizza. (laughs) It was a bunch of pizza. And and, cookies. And cookie. Cookie. I don't know why I said cookie like it's the plural, like deer. Um, And cookie. I had three cookie. And then there were chicken nugget as well. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We didn't have any chicken nugget. Yeah. So I was there a little bit before you. Boy, a very lucky thing happened to me when you were on your way. I'm researching something I can't really get into, but. I needed a particular death certificate for it. Oh, yeah. A death certificate of a person who was famous in his time. But if I said his name, no one listening to this I would know who no it was. I had no idea who that, who that was. So there was a, a used book, Celebrity Death Certificates. And it seemed to cover the era when this person died. So I was like, could I be so lucky? And I opened it up. And I am so lucky. That's... His death certificate's in here. And look, brother, this is like, what, 200 pages? Yeah. That's wild. And later during the performance, the reading, Uh uh, it came up, someone had a question about a death, and you were able to (laughs) look up. I have his death certificate right here. I am a real creep. This feels like in Back to the Future 2 when Biff Tannen gets the almanac, you know, and that helps him become rich. Oh, right. He's like the early version of Trump, you know, this like horrible person who uh, by dishonest means rises to power. God. (laughs) It just seems like you have that kind of power with this book. Use it carefully, Carrie. I will. I will. So that's not why we're there, though. But boy, I was living that high when you came in to sit down next to me. And there were people dressed up in costume. Yeah, there was a girl dressed as Wednesday Adams. Mm-hmm. You know that. And there was a couple that was dressed as uh, prisoners, kind of looked uh, like right. the Beagle Boys almost, like that sort of stereotypical striped prison costume. And there was, uh, right next to me, there was a woman dressed as a flapper 
And okay. her husband, I presume, was in a pinstripe suit next to her. Fun. So, so yeah. Scary. I didn't notice then, but on the Eventbrite invitation, it had mentioned to costume. wear a costume. Whoopsie doodle. Yeah. And the medium thanked everybody who was wearing a costume. Yeah. I was not wearing my King George outfit, but I <laughs> did wear it on Halloween. I didn't dress up this year. I'm a fuddy daddy. Oh, boy. I'd say maybe half the time I dress up. That's pretty good. Uh, so a guy who works for Dearly Departed got up to introduce our medium. He called her their resident psychic. Oh. Cute title. Yeah. I think his name is Scott. I know I've seen him before at Dearly Departed. Very sweet, fun guy. So our psychic, Jill Marie Morris, she was dressed in a costume of her own. And she told us a long story later about how she got this. She normally has a different costume. And this one just showed up in the mail at noon. So she was able to wear it today. So she had one of those, I don't know, like... uh, Yeah, what kind of hat is that? Is that uh, what we're reaching for, the hat? It's exactly what I'm trying to reach for. It's a black hat with a brim, Mm -hmm. and it's got like kind of a reddish, purplish thing wrapped around the the band. Yeah. And it's probably velvet or something. Like it's got a real floppiness to it. And then she had kind of a black multi-part dress... Like sort of it had a top and a bottom skirt and a sash to match the the band on the hat. So Very uh, Victorian look. Yeah. I'm not sure exactly what she was going for, but she looked good. Yeah, cute. She's maybe in her 50s? Um, I, early 60s? I looked into this woman, and I believe she's exactly 52. You looked into her like psychically. <laughs> I bumped into her, and then I wrote it in my log. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he said. Okay, all right, sure. So she said, gang, we're going to do something different this time. Who's in for a seance? And we gladly raised our hands. Yeah. Although to us, that isn't something different. That's what we paid for. That's what the ticket said. Is that something different? No, I I think we were promised a seance. We were promised a seance. But maybe she forgot that that was part of the, the evening's entertainment. And whenever I hear that, I think back to the Winchester Mystery House when I was a young teen and my mom and I were walking through it, and the docent said, okay, now that we'd gotten into the seance room, we're going to close the doors, and we're going to hold hands and have a seance. And my mom freaked. Oh, she yeah. flipped and uh, was so mad and wanted to leave. And then they said, oh, we're, we're just kidding. We're not actually going to do a seance. She said, I, I don't care. I can't be in here anymore. Oh, and so no. we, we made a big Christian stink, oh. a righteous stink, and we got righteous out of there. Oh. Oh my god! Yeah, it's one of those things. Years later, in retrospect, you realize, like, oh, that's embarrassing. Mm-hmm. Oh, we were very embarrassing, mm-hmm. weren't we? But I didn't know. I thought at the I time. was a hero at the time. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought was I was not. The, I was disruptive. Exactly. But now, when you know, she asks, "Oh, do you want to have a séance?" I can gladly say, "Yeah, sure." But at the same time, I'm thinking about little old me and how kind of funny it is that that would have scared me so much and now you're like the primary volunteer Mm -hmm. yeah so she has this very personable sort of bubbly energy and Mm -hmm. so she's in she's of a kind with cindy Kaza, where okay half of what you're getting from it is just like a stage presence and being like a generally funny person Mm -hmm. you know that's Mm -hmm. sort of like half of what you're paying for here is to be entertained 
as much as to be read to. There's just something about her that just felt like the kind of woman you'd know from the office or from church or what mm-hmm. have you. Just, you know, she just felt like an everyday person who happened to be wearing a special hat today and calling yourself a medium. <laughs> there was nothing about her that just said like, oh, wow, this woman clearly has a connection to the great beyond. Totally. Or ha- or has any of those cultural markers we accept like, where's all purple? Or, um, you know, long, flowy silver hair. Yeah, and she's just wearing, you know, normal glasses, kind of medium frames, and uh, she's got blonde hair. Yeah, there's just nothing that really stands out that, that wouldn't make her fit in well in any other circumstance. Any PTA meeting. Right. So she- Yeah, school principal. She'd make a great oh, school principal. Oh, yeah, she would. She'd be strict, but she'd be fun. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> anyway, now you have a clear picture of her. You're all picturing your principal. So Jill said, and you know, before we get going, I have to tell you about how Salminio came through earlier. Oh, yeah. I had to look this up. I didn't know who Salminio was. Yeah, I just knew his name. I know. Golden Age actor. That's it. Okay. And... Handsome young guy. At least all the photos that are coming up. He was in Rebel Without a Cause. Right. Okay. um, Among a number of other uh, films. But that's the one he's best known for. And, uh, yeah. And and murdered, right? And he had been murdered. Yes. So uh, all of this we learned. In fact, we should mention... We're going to talk about dead people and the, thus their manner of death throughout this episode. So be forewarned. Yes. So she said, you know, and earlier he came through and, you know, I've been on Scott's tours, but I don't really remember everything. Mm. And some things came through that I guess are like pretty spot on. So uh, Sal said people aren't getting it right. He kept saying that they're they're not getting it right. They're not getting it right. And I don't know his history. I know he died in a parking barrage, but that's just kind of all I know. Mm. And uh, Mm -hmm. and Scott's like, oh, no, that that makes sense. You know, his his death was never like totally figured out. Uh, People have these theories that other people think or whatever. When I look for his name online, I find a lot of articles that say something like, oh, controversy around his death and uh what motivated it. And there was an article that was saying that many people had assumed that because he was gay, that it was something related to him being gay. Sure. That it was like a tryst that had gone wrong, whereas it was a robbery that went wrong, essentially. So so my immediate thought was, okay, she read something yeah, about this. Yeah, you Google this. This is a celebrity, and you pretended right. to have just gotten this revelation. If you want an experience of that for an hour, watch Hollywood Medium with Tyler, what's his name? Tyler Henry. Oh, yeah. He just claims that he knows nothing about pop culture. So he'll <laughs> go and meet, you know, Tom Hanks and be like, why am I seeing like a doll when I look at you? I know. And that's like, okay, I'm supposed to be impressed by this. Like you and, um, Googled a very simple thing. A volleyball. Yeah. What is that? What is exactly. That and but also on a spaceship. This is so crazy. Anyway, so it then it turned out Sal actually came in the room right now as we're talking. He comes in and he confirms what Scott is saying. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Very cool. She uh, said, oh, yeah. yeah. That, that made me uncomfortable. Oh, really? Al- oh, already. wow. Oh, like, gosh. We have so much further to go. Now you're saying he's here and he's validating these very obvious confirmations. <laughs> right. He's confirming you, confirming me, saying the thing you said on a tour that I'm pretending to have forgotten. And there's a little pie chart floating above my head that realizes, okay, there's a tiny possibility that, yes, she is definitely in contact with Sal, but there is a much larger slice of this mm-hmm. pie that tells me, yeah, she just remembers some little factoids and she's right. co-opting them. If it were a pie-eating contest, mm-hmm. 
you wouldn't want the slice that's your belief in this because it's pretty small and you're not going to win. Right, yeah. But it's still there. This is my reaction, but... You can still join the contest. Your mileage may vary. So then she said, oh, and this is so weird. This is so weird. Sal's telling me, did you like touch the floor where he died? Mm. And he's like, yeah, I probably did. You know, I tend to lay down wherever the people died and just sort of think about what were the last things they saw, what's the last things they might have thought in this environment. It helps me flesh out the story. It's like, whoa, okay, you you obviously tell this detail all the time. And she probably knows this and she's fishing this out of your last interaction and turning it into an immediate hit. Yep. Okay. Anyway, Sal is still ornery. And oh, yeah, she said he doesn't understand... Scott laying in his death spot. That's reasonable, Sal. Yeah, so she's like, it's okay, it's okay, he just doesn't get it, but he's all right. (laughs) Well, now let's prep for the seance, eh? Okay, yeah. So she said, we want to involve all of you, but we do have to make sure that the people who got the VIP tickets definitely get their readings, so bear with me on that. As we go through this, we'll be using a couple phrases I just wanted to find here. So if we say the sitter, we mean the person she's currently giving the reading to. Okay. And if we say... (laughs) <laughs> you know that. And then if we... <laughs> okay, okay. All right, yeah. All right, Acknowledged. If we say a hit, that means like, oh, the thing that she's guessing at is accurate. So you could say like, good job. <laughs> You're looking at me like, Carrie, well, I, I know what a hit well, is. I, I can't acknowledge this in any way now. <laughs> and then Mrs. obviously is like... Is somebody's she, wife. Is <laughs> The Mrs. <laughs> exactly. Think of this as baseball. There, there are hits and there are misses. Yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. Okay, so she tells us Halloween is one of her favorite pranking holidays. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about pranking. Let's talk about pranking for a good half an hour, shall we? <laughs> She's telling stories about how her parents used to prank her. Her dad, like, it was really cruel. She was studying for some exam, like something really important, and he thought, oh, this would be real funny to leave an M80 like a stick of TNT. Yeah, it's like this really powerful, like tiny uh, firework, essentially, that he set off right outside of her window. And then she freaks out and he runs outside and it breaks her window. I honestly, when she said that, I didn't believe her because she told the whole story and said, oh, he was just laughing and laughing. So funny. And I was like, okay, wait, you don't use it broke the window and shattered glass everywhere as a backup detail. That's Mm. the first thing you'd tell us. Yeah. And that's, if anything, it's an indication that she likes to pad her stories with extra bits like reality plus. Uh huh. uh -huh. Uh, And, you know, most people are. Yeah. Most people do that. Every time they tell the story, it gets a little more engaging, adds little extra details. It felt like this one had been through a few versions of that. Yeah. 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 That's totally possible. Yeah. I think one of the skills that you get if you see enough of these people is sort of recognizing what the truth sounds like. Mm -hmm. Because there's a million ways to tell a lie, but the truth really only sounds like one thing. It's like people have noticed with Donald Trump that whenever he starts a story with someone came to me and said sir <laughs> sir you are the greatest human who ever lived and I said I don't know but. any story that starts with someone telling him sir you know <laughs> one of the greatest generals really probably the greatest general he told me sir if a story starts that way you know it's just fabricated yeah that's completely out of whole cloth you know it's really interesting we're never going to get through this story but <laughs> that's really interesting because I read a book by this woman who was a professional 
Lie Spotter for Intelligence. Okay. I read a book by one of those kind of CIA uh-huh. uh, experts, and he was pretty good at defining the areas of ignorance. Oh, okay. And That's that, good. But yes, it is a flawed science. Okay, like, gotcha. You can get kind of indications, but you're never going to get an exact lie detector. Okay. Well, she said that one of the things that she's observed is that people would use distancing language from others instead of saying, yeah, I know Ross. I'd say, I know that man. I know mm. that guy. That's ah. like a, a way you sort of like, especially if you're guilty. I didn't have sex with that woman. Yeah, that was her prime example. Okay, yeah. yeah. I think the way he painted it was kind of a Bayesian approach where those indicators can slightly boost your percentage estimation that someone Mm. is lying or that they're being Mm -hmm. truthful. And so multiple body language steps and multiple language cues will kind of add up cumulatively over time to give you greater confidence. But if you try to treat it as a binary, like true, false sort of thing, those cues are going to mislead you. That makes sense to me. The Power of Body Language by Joe Navarro. That's the book I'm thinking of. Okay. It's interesting. Okay. Absolutely. So now Jill Marie Morris punks her own kids, hopefully not by blowing up their windows. Yeah, she doesn't get through all of this and then think, I should not prank my children like this. No, she thinks this is good fun. This is what you do with children. Yeah, she said, I promised myself I wouldn't, and boy, then you become a parent. (laughs) So now she pranks her kids. Um, On April Fool's one year, she set an alarm two hours early, you know, made them go to school to, you know, two hours early, run, one of her sons runs out in the front lawn and realizes it's two hours early, gets really mad, storms it. But of course, the story takes a very long time to tell. Yeah, and we're looking at each other going, wait, why are we here? Why Why are we discussing this right now? So it turns out the reason we're discussing this is because after telling us three or four prank stories, she's like, so I always wondered, did I accidentally curse my family with all this pranking? Because then two really horrible things happened to her sons on Halloween. Oh, one got in a terrible car accident, but was okay. And the other fell 300 feet while hiking, but was fine? I don't know if fine was the word, but he survived. Yeah, yeah or yeah, survived. <laughs> right. But 300 feet? That's a long way. That's 30 stories. That, yeah, that's ins- No. Yeah, when you yeah. put it that way. I don't think a person could survive 300 feet, that. that's a football field. Yeah. My God. Yeah, this may be the story that kept ratcheting up that over time. Hike gets higher and Originally, higher. it was thirty feet, right, 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 which would still be oh yeah, an insane height, yeah. But now it's ratcheted up. Yeah, three hundred. That's crazy. That can't be right. That's crazy. But also, she said he fell off the side of the cliff because his doggy slipped and he had his leash wrapped around his paw, his paw, his own paw, <laughs> his human paw, <laughs> and he fell over the side. And she didn't tell us if the doggy's okay. She did not. Oh, Why didn't you ask? For God's sake. I, I stormed out. I said, this is not what I paid oh, for. Oh, is that when you yelled at everybody and you left? <laughs> yeah. I thought that uh, was later, but okay. <laughs> Just really kidding. Really buried the lead. See how this doesn't sound like the truth? Because <laughs> yeah. we'd lead with that detail. <laughs> I hope we're always very clear when we are kidding. <laughs> Oh, not to everyone, now. That's true. We have some very literal listeners, and we are sorry when our humor is not uh, understood as Received. Such. Oh, so then she said, are there any parents here who prank their kids? And no one raises her, their hand, and she's like, really? And then she circles in on Ross. Yeah, and I don't prank my son too often or in any 
big way. But yeah, she pulled me out of the audience and yeah. said, do you have any good pranking stories? I know you do. And there's something about like, I don't know, being on the spot like that and someone asking me for an example oh, uh-huh. that makes my brain blank of everything. Oh, yeah. So I just immediately thought like, I don't know, nothing pranking is coming to mind. And so she reluctantly moved away. But then Carrie leaned over and said, well, what about that story of scaring your wife with the, the doll? And I've told this story on the podcast before. And oh, oh, okay. So I raised my hand. Oh, yeah, let's fix this. Yes, I do have a good pranking story. And I tried to share a very quick version of it uh-huh. because she had already taken up so long. <laughs> she had like another story about her husband dressing up as a witch and mm-hmm. uh, frightening her children. Anyways, she liked that. And she said, okay, see, because I knew just looking at you, I felt that you had mm-hmm. a good prankster store oh okay that's why you got i me. locked eyes with you and then she said to me oh, are you his wife and i said oh no and she said oh i just had to ask we call that a miss yeah exactly in the biz a miss of the misses <laughs> that's right yeah we're now 20 minutes into this alleged seance wow we haven't talked to any well salmoneo came Sal- back yeah minio minio he came at the beginning but she says okay does anyone have any any celebrities you want to contact, especially people who are in the horror film world. And she starts listing some celebrities. And we all sort of mumble in recognition of their names. Bella Lugosi. Madeline Kahn. Mel Brooks movies. Yeah. <laughs> Boris Karloff. Mm-hmm. 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 Lon Chaney. Mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> so we're all just... <laughs> Doing that while well, she reads she's through just these names. Throwing out names just to see if we recognize <laughs> these names connected to horror films. It's so funny though how that I try to fight this every time, but it brings forward this human urge to signal, I know who that is. <laughs> you know, it's so strange, but everybody seems to do that Too on group loudly tours. And proudly. Uh, no. Oh, mm-hmm, yeah. Oh, I know that obscure person. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm a hundred percent guilty of this. Yeah, no, I think everybody. It like it's an animalistic like. I don't know. Maybe it's the one chance that you get to justify the fact that you're holding all of this non-essential information. Knowledge. This may be why. Actually, I'm cutting out on bar trivia with my family tonight to oh, record uh-huh. this. But, you know, that's probably why I do bar trivia. Like, oh, I I happen to know these <laughs> things thing. that serve me no other purpose. I'm gonna, <laughs> no one knew them because they're useless. I'm going to use this and I might get a $30 gift card off of a further purchase of food here. I've only won bar trivia once, but it's very rewarding. Yeah. I can't blame you. I've won many times but that's because I've played a lot. <laughs> anyway, that's going on. You're hearing the different mm-hmm's across the room. Oh, yeah, oh that's a big fan over there. <laughs> okay. This uh, is just naming. Yeah, I names. know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> also, when that happens, it's like your worst fear that the person leading is going to call on you and be like, yeah, tell me about him. And you're like, well, I knew the name, and so I made the noise. You said the name, I made the noise. It's, I don't know. It's the social contract. Yeah, I, can't, I don't know what to I do I can't for provide you. biographical details. You have the printouts from Google in your hand. <laughs> yeah, she's seriously reading off of, like, I don't know, like an internet quiz site or something. Yeah, uh-huh. And so then she starts reading us directly from that list. No, she's not, like, trying to cover up the fact that she has these printed out pages. She's just straight up reading them. So she reads us a list of celebrity trivia and starts quizzing us. <laughs> <laughs> Like you do. Yeah. So she's like, Lon Chaney, who remembers him? Mm-hmm. What What was he known as? 
Oh, right. The I Man did. with a Thousand Faces. Hey, all right. Yeah, and then she said, what movies was he in? And you and I were like, well, we know some answers. Uh-huh. You knew Phantom, Phantom of, the of the Opera. I knew Hunchback. I real proud of myself. Okay, nice. Nicely done. Okay, so she says, and who knows Lon Chaney Jr.? Let's read his filmography now. <laughs> and then she tells us he donated his body to science. Now, she wanted to donate her body to science, but her son wouldn't let her. He was too creeped out by that. Why are we talking about this? And she says, okay, Alfred Hitchcock, let's list his movies. Okay, Vertigo, Psycho, Dial Them for Murder, The Bird. Yeah, What's okay. your favorite movie by yeah. <laughs> Alfred Hitchcock? Uh, Vertigo, okay. Mumble, Mumble, Mumbles. Rear Window for me. Okay, Vertigo for me. The uh, So she asked who knew his nickname. I thought this was very well known, but I was the only one who said it. She said, do you know Alfred Hitchcock's nickname? I said, oh, The Master of Suspense. She was very impressed oh, by that. Yeah, that's huh. right. It, it didn't come to my mind immediately, but when you say it, oh yeah, obviously. Yeah. Uh, then we talked about Carolyn Jones. She was Morticia Adams. Let's list her movies. So when I hear Master of Suspense, I really think of M. Night Shyamalan. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Carry <Very> on. Cool. <laughs> You remember, like, everybody was saying, like, he's the next Alfred Hitchcock. Oh, were they? Oh, yeah. After The Sixth Sense. And he really laid into that, like, oh, yeah. And so when he released released movies like Signs, like, he had the the opening credits that were really trying to be, like, Hitchcock. Oh, buddy. Sweet little buddy. Oh. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) Uh, Sweet little millionaire. Then Madeline Kahn, let's list her movies. Then let's talk about how she died. Ovarian cancer. We're like, you know, <laughs> just going through this this sort of noise selection. Why are we doing this? I don't know. You know, she was cremated. Now, if I were cremated, I would want them to do something fun with my ash. I don't care. <laughs> this is not why I'm here. Yeah, I'm thinking, are you just enjoying this time with others? <laughs> Or are you an only child? Alternately, if you wanted to cut this out, we wouldn't be upset if the event were shorter. It's like when someone says to a kid, like, oh, why don't you write that all down for me and I'll read it? (laughs) (laughs) When a kid talks too much. No one else? Okay. I don't know that. Okay, no problem. That does remind me of a recent SNL sketch with Kristen Stewart. And it was all about Duolingo for adults who don't know how to talk to children. Okay. <laughs> and it said, for awkward situations like child falls with backpack or <laughs> <laughs> you're in a waiting room together. You know, mm, and, cute. And so she's learning like things that she can say to a child because otherwise the example conversations are just so awkward. Uh, yeah. I used to hate when I was a kid when people would ask me what my favorite subject was. I was like, subject oh, in you're aware that I go to school because I'm a child. Wow. <laughs> so now I try not to do that. And still, I'll be around kids and I'll be like, what do you say? What do you say? Well, they go to school. No! (laughs) (laughs) That's a great Brian Regan line uh, from a routine where he's talking about his dad and having too many kids. He'd forget his kids' names and he'd go around the table saying things like, so, uh, son, you're in school, right? So I would say that to Andrew all the time, and I still say that now that he's in college. Like, hey, Andrew, you're you're in school, right? <laughs> yeah, we just like completely forget what it is to be a child, like immediately upon entrance to the adult world. We do, like every movie teaches us. Anyway, okay, buckling down on this. Yeah, I like how we're criticizing her for being <laughs> off topic, and we cannot tell the story. We're on page three of my. Mm, Carrie took 15 a, pages of notes. Carrie took a lot of notes. But by the way, while we're talking about donating your body to science, 
You can go to sciencecare.com to find out more about donating your body to science. Oh, very nice. So then, thank sweet Jesus, finally a second spirit appears. Okay, yes. And it is divine. Oh, yeah. I wasn't familiar at all with divine. Okay, yeah. Divine was a great actor and drag queen who worked with John Waters a good deal. Yeah, so you then reminded me that I had just heard about divine in reference to him eating dog poop at the end of one of John Waters' films. Yeah, I think it's in polyester, but I can't remember. Maybe Pink Flamingos. Pink Flamingos, yes. Oh, okay. Oh, so divine showed up at this meeting. Yes. Whoa. Um, she says to this man sitting a couple people over from you, she says, oh, divine. I see divine when I look at you. And he seems kind of not surprised or impressed by that. Hmm. And he said something to the effect of like, oh, yeah, we talked about divine last time. This is the first of many indications that she has met most of these people before. Yes. And uh, again, we, we have fewer than 30 people, I would say, from... Various indications that at least half of them are previous clients. That seems accurate. And for those who aren't, when you sign up for your ticket, you put in your name mm-hmm. and your email address. Okay. And there is a disclaimer at the bottom that says all information can be sent to the event organizer. And the event organizer is listed as JMM Creative. JMM Creative. So that's her. Jill Marie Morris. She's going to see who signed up. Yep. Yeah. The, the Not f- tough to Google. I uh, talked to the flapper lady and the, the gangster next to me mm. on our way out. And they said that, oh, yeah, this is, you know, like our fourth or fifth time seeing oh, her. Wow. And she's great. And okay. So, yep, yep. She has stuff to work on. Also, on her terms and conditions on her site, it says if you buy a ticket and you try to transfer it to someone else, you can do that. But you have to give the new name to her at least 48 hours before the event. Oh, my goodness. How (laughs) bald do you have to be? That bald. Okay, so now let's read through some more celebrities. Bella Lugosi. Let's talk about him. Let's all make a noise. Mm. Mm -hmm. Let's hear about the details of his life and death. No, thank you. Uh, Vincent Price. Let's talk about him. Oh, some people here really like Vincent Price. They'll they'll tell us some details about his life. What's not to like? But yeah, we talked about Vincent Price for quite a while. Mm -hmm. Turns out there's a Vincent Price Museum in LA. Okay, let's talk about that for a minute. I'd go to that. Okay, it's at East Los Angeles College, vincentpricemuseum.org. There's been a Spotify list making the rounds of Vincent Price and Basil Rathbone reading a bunch of Edgar Allan Poe oh, cool. literature. It's pretty fun. It's yeah, a good thing to good. put on in the background. Put that on the Facebook. Oh, yeah. Then Vincent Price actually tried to manifest. So we are now an hour into this event. We've got our third spirit there was Salminio, mm-hmm. Divine, and now Vincent Price. And there he was, floating in front of all of us. We could all see him. <laughs> we could all see him. And then we were like, oh, that's just a patron who was in the bathroom. <laughs> and he sat back down. <laughs> no, she could only see him. And she said, okay, you know what? He's saying the name Dolores. Yes, And he doesn't want her to be forgotten. Yeah, something about Can someone Google that? Well, she gives him a second. Does anyone know what I'm talking about? She seems to be making eye contact with the young woman dressed as Wednesday Adams. She interacted with her a lot. You're young, you're hip, you're with her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're the person who's going to know Vincent Price. But this young woman's like, I don't don't know. 
so we so she's Googled like well yeah maybe someone can google it vincent price dolores and it brings up immediately dolores del rio yes a mexican actress she has a really interesting history so i see why he didn't want her to be forgotten which he didn't vincent would sign her name long after her death when people would ask him for his, his autograph <laughs> he would yeah. sign hers really cute yeah and so we read this off of our phones to her and she's like wow that's crazy <laughs> So impressed with herself. You do realize that this could flow the other direction <laughs> where you knew what would happen if someone Googled Dolores. Yeah, you were so confident it was on the internet that you told me to look on the internet. You, you realize that doesn't impress me. In fact, <laughs> makes me slightly cynical Right. in this moment. Right. Okay. And also, I always think like, okay, so if this were really happening, how would you actually present this? And I feel like... If I actually thought I was psychic and was trying to prove something, I would feel obligated to say, like, I know how this looks, but I swear I didn't Google mm, it. You'd mm-hmm. be saying stuff like that. Okay, You wouldn't yeah. just be like, oh, look at that. It's on the internet. Isn't that interesting? You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I just feel like, yeah, the arrow of causality is pointing the wrong direction for this lady. Definitely. So anyway, Dolores Del Rio was the first major Latin American actress to successfully cross over to American cinema, refused to give up her uh, Mexican citizenship, in order to get more work here, yeah. and pushed for representation of Mexican culture in U.S. cinema. Well, hey, well, thank you, Jill Marie Morris, because yes. now we are sharing the story of Dolores Del Rio. Because we Googled it, like you. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, she's like, okay, yeah, so that would make sense with Day of the Dead. Okay, I see. Mm-hmm. So then she tells that woman dressed as Wednesday Adams, Okay, well, look for Dolores Del Rio in the future for you. And she's like, okay. This is one of those statements you can make as a psychic that sound portentous and cool, but we never have any way of following up with. And if for the rest of her life, if she ever hears of Dolores Del Rio one time, they'll be like, whoa. So I went and I got her phone number so I could call her in 20 years. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, you didn't. Uh, no, I didn't. Yeah, she and her friend were uh, two of the only people dressed up, and they were the youngest by far in this audience. Yeah, for sure. Uh, most people were, I would say, in their 40s or older. Mm-hmm. And they were probably in their mid-20s. I would say we were the next youngest. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there were these two young gals, and they were just into this. Yeah. So then she asked if anyone knows if there's an Alfred Hitchcock-John Barrymore connection. That didn't bring up a quick Google search. Mm-mm. So, uh, But also no one in the audience knew what she was talking about. Yeah, there about. was a different Barrymore connection. But yeah, she gave up on that one pretty quick. So so she moved on. She asked if anyone knew a Marlena. I said, oh, Marlena yeah. Dietrich. And she said, nope. Mm-mm. Yeah, because you'd think we're talking about all these bygone stars. Yeah, but nope, not Marlena Dietrich. It wasn't three Marlenas. <laughs> she wasn't no. going for that. Yeah. So someone said, well, I know a Marlena, but he's a male. And she said, oh, you know what? This brings up an interesting point. I just want to make real quick. Sometimes the energy will feel a different gender than what the sitter might expect. And that can actually mean that they were gay or they were trans, even if we didn't know that term at the time or we didn't know that about that at, them at the time. It's just like way to like squeeze yourself into a very delicate situation mm. you know nothing about. Okay. I, I mean on the surface of it that that's nice at least she's acknowledging that uh, these are real things. Yeah, and that people yeah, of the past but... maybe didn't fit neatly within gender categories, but um But also once you start using that just to explain why you got a miss, you know. Uh well, or at least why she wasn't going to pick up on that hit. She was a lot like Cindy Keza in that respect as well. 
and that, mm. no, no, I've said I feel a female energy. I'm sticking <laughs> right. with the female energy. You're not going to believe me if I switch something that major. So I need to find a way around it. So she said, are there any questions? And I said, oh, I did think of a celebrity I'd love to talk to, Jimmy Stewart. No. So horror connection. And she she paused for a long time, kind of looked off into space, thought about it. And as she was doing that, the guy behind us started going, oh, Jimmy. Everybody's, everybody's got a Jimmy Stewart impersonation. <laughs> I, I haven't practiced this at all, so it's bad. <laughs> My ex-boyfriend used to do a show at UCB called Jimmy Stewart Live from Hell, where he would do a... <laughs> Jimmy Stewart in uh, hell. Oh, Jimmy Stewart in hell. Huh? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, it was fine. It, it was like that. You know, right, it's just, right. yeah. oh, yes, that person's voice is so uh, unique that anyone doing it is sort of yeah, like Yeah, it's it. a little cracked yeah. and high. Yeah, let's all do Christopher uh, Walken now. Oh, oh, who can do Jeff Goldblum? Yeah. Okay. I, yeah, that's a good point. I think Jimmy Stewart was kind of the Christopher Walken of his day. Yeah, for sure. Where everybody's got way. a ready impersonation. Totally. Anywho. So, did she make a psychic connection? Did Jimmy Stewart come did. to our meeting? So the person behind us started doing that voice, and I said, well, he's coming through in the back here. <laughs> and she said, well, actually, he is coming through. He's talking about a lot of kids and being very proud. Does that make any sense? <laughs> and I said, well, he, he had, had kids. kids. Um, <laughs> and she said, see, I just, I don't know that. Uh-huh. Okay, cool. Okay. Yeah, you know, guy who lived through like the 40s and 50s. Chose to have children. Okay, yeah. You had four kids? Okay. Someone else in the audience said that. Mm-hmm. Someone else like sort of pads out Jimmy's life for her. Oh, uh, the son died in Vietnam. He had twin girls. He was very much a proud American. That's true. He was, you know, fought in World War II. Mm-hmm. And she's like, yes, yes, yes. That's what he's showing me. Mm-hmm. Okay. He's very proud. And then she says to me, I see a lot of pink between you and Jimmy. Have you done some sort of work on him? I said, oh, no, just a big fan. And she said, well, that shows. That shows. So, okay, we've got famed actor Jimmy Stewart. He's here. And we confirmed <laughs> some very basic <laughs> biographical information that can be easily Googled. Yeah, he had children. And the person who asked a question about him likes him. I'm going to call this a missed opportunity. <laughs> Uh, someone jumped in here to ask about River Phoenix, actor who died in the 90s. Yeah. Very young, overdosed. Brother of Joaquin Phoenix. Yep. Also, well, my main association with River is that he played the young Indiana Jones. Indiana oh, Jones wow. in The Last Crusade. I thought that that's not a, what's his name? Uh, the the guy who loves art, he just loves it. He stole, <laughs> <laughs> he stole Daniel Klaus's story. Shia LaBeouf. Oh, that's in the later Alien... Um, number four. Number four uh, in the series. No, in, in the third film where Sean Connery plays Indiana Jones's father, they have a flashback scene to when Indy is young where they show him like encountering snakes in the circus mm. train for the first time and getting the cut on his chin that would okay. later become so iconic. That was River Phoenix. Oh, okay. Well, See, I love to display the little bit I know. <laughs> we all have to do it. You River have Phoenix. to do it. It's an obligation. So she said, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Rivers come through a few times. So I had a friend who was trying to quit smoking. And I got a message from River. He was lecturing my friend. And he said to call and tell her. He was disappointed in her. Wanted to fight against her addiction. So she texts her friend. And says, a river's lecturing you. And her friend says, I was just about to smoke since you gave me this message from River Phoenix. Whoa. I will not. 
So someone who is having a hard time giving up smoking was just about was to smoke. Was thinking about smoking. This wow. Is so interesting. Wow. Like, wow. you know, what, <laughs> how annoying would we be in our lives if we decided to invoke the imprimatur of these famed dead people whenever we wanted to give someone advice? Totally. You, like, you know, Carrie would text me at, uh, you know, one thirty in the morning and say, you know, Ross, be Arthur just appeared to me and she said you should probably go to sleep you're up too late <laughs> how annoying would that be like carrie you could just tell me that well first of all why are you texting me at 1 30 in the morning to tell me not to be up you're sure healer heal thyself but uh you know just how annoying would that be of constantly instead of just giving someone yes. advice you're like oh let me give you advice from yes. this dearly departed person no i'm so glad you're articulating this because i kept thinking about this the whole <laughs> time we were preparing for this was like what is so annoying about this and i think what's annoying to me on top of everything else is people will constantly say like yeah but what's the harm if they're giving you good advice and i'm like because they're giving it this extra weight it doesn't deserve yeah. if i tell you a good friend of yours gives you advice that like is even subconsciously taking into account a bunch of data they know about your life yes that should get more weight than yes. a stranger on a stage randomly oh, yeah. saying but i have a connection to the cosmos i think that's precisely why it's done that and it gives you a little more specialty because Oh, you've got this connection. Yes. Uh, but I think oh. so many people do this with God, you know, where they say, oh, oh God's telling me that you oh, need yeah, to yeah, blah, yeah. blah, blah. Like, really? Yeah. Or you just always assume that God agrees with you. <laughs> right. Which right. Uh, is maybe more likely. Uh, yeah. Anyway, another time she got a message from River that her friends shouldn't get in a car with a man whose name began with O. And that woman met an Oscar who wanted to take her home, and she said no, and she went and got soup. That man could have been her husband. That's true. But now she has soup. I just love that she included the soup in the story. See, now that sounds a little like the truth. Yeah. Random detail, a little bit like the truth. A sous-son of truth. <laughs> so, yeah, and then she used to also get images of River Phoenix when her assistant emailed her. Okay, cool. Are you going to call on him or just tell us stories about the times you called on him? Well, clearly, she's got a good connection with him, so he should be at the ready. Uh, yeah. Uh, so you asked a good question. You asked, uh, do you have any insight on Natalie Wood's death? I was thinking of celebrities, and I thought, well, there's one where, A, there's a good impersonation opportunity because Christopher Walken was there when she yeah. died. And it's an unsolved... Well, at least there's questions surrounding the circumstance of how she died. Mm -hmm. On this boat, they were out you know, celebrating her and her husband and Christopher Walken and some others. And so I thought, well, maybe she'll claim to have some insights, mm -hmm. settle this longstanding controversy. And she stopped and she thought about it. She looked up at the air for a long time and then said, you know, I do... I have heard about that, but I'm choosing not to share that. It was a surprisingly awkward moment. Yeah. She didn't try to fill that empty air with any sort of, I don't know, social nicety. It was just like, no, I will not. And yet Thank I do you. know, and I'm choosing not to tell you, not, you know, <laughs> oh, sorry, not getting a, a clear message about that. So then you have to wonder, okay, well, is she not wanting to share it because it's incriminating of somebody? or she That's definitely how it sounded. Yeah. Hmm. But it's funny because today I just got in the mail. I had ordered this used book from Thomas T. Noguchi, MD, who performed Natalie Wood's autopsy. And I was 
skimming the entry about her. What's with you in these right? oddly relevant books? <laughs> right before this recording. And I only skimmed it, but he explained why he believed that it was, in fact, an accidental death. And it sounded pretty sound. She was, like, climbing back into the boat and oh. hit her chin. And uh, I will say that is my gut reaction as well. I mm-hmm. do not suspect foul play. Things like that do happen. Yeah. So then she said, okay, we're going to take a quick break. Feel free to walk around the museum, get some food. Mm-hmm. We're now an hour plus into this event. And... At least she is talking to some dead people. But we grabbed some sneaky snackies. We went and looked at Jane Mansfield's death car, which is in there. Yeah, the that's, entire car she died in. That's like the central exhibit. And I took a photo of it. And then I saw a big sign right in front of me that said, like, no photos of any kind whatsoever. Oh, whoops. In all the universe for all time. See, that's the kind of thing where I, I'm not prepared to say that shouldn't be there. But I also... Like, feel why? a little grody. Yeah, why Look, Why are we yeah. keeping the crumpled up car that this uh, and, actress died in? And maybe she'd want that. Maybe she'd be like, I died for this stupid reason. Hmm. You know, we should all be more careful. Maybe that's what she'd want. I don't know, but it gives me a little bit of the, pause. Yeah, the heebie-jeebies isn't even it. It's just this kind of discomfort, like something's not right here. Anyway, still like the place. And they had just collected anything they could tied to a death. So... They would have like, oh, we found some pebbles that were close to this uh, murder scene where this guy was shot. Okay. Yep. Cool. My favorite thing about these places is that they will also collect things that are just from a person who has died, which is all the people. Yes. Except the ones who are currently alive, a tiny fraction of humanity. haven't died yet. Oh, no, that's not even true, is it? Because of exponential population. Oh, but even still, the currently living humans are a small percentage of all humans who've lived. Is that true, though? Oh, yeah. Because I've heard before, like, oh, no, something like 60% of all the humans who have ever lived have lived in the last 100 years or something like that. It also depends on where you draw the line, you know, like 180,000 years ago where where you define humanity. Oh, what's a human? But that is a good point, actually. Yeah, the human population has ballooned incredibly in the past. Okay, that's a good point. Anyway, you get the point, though, guys. You had all these weird things like, this guy drowned in this pool. Here's a tile from that pool. Okay. And (laughs) this is my favorite. They had a caption with a photo of... Charles Manson, Uh and a lock of his hair in a plastic bag, and it says, (laughs) a lock of hair from Charles Manson's scuzzy head. head. (laughs) (laughs) Scuzzy? Where'd that come from? You know, I have a texting friend who's like a very big Charles Manson's great truther. Wait, hold the phone. What is a texting friend? Someone that, it's like a pen pal, but through text? Yeah, like we really only communicate through text. This is fascinating. Okay. Yeah. He was like one of Charles Manson's friends. Anyway, Uh, I'm very cool. So, you know what else is cool, though? Quip. Yes, exactly. That's what I was thinking. So, today I went to the dentist, Ross. Ross, is it? I am Ross. And I had a dental cleaning. I get them once every four months. Oh, wow. Good for you. Thank you. And, you know, if you ask your dentist or your dental hygienist... They'll tell you better brushing is less about the brush and more about how you use it. Yeah, that's what my dental care professional said. It's important to use it well. And Quip was created by dentists and product designers 
to focus on what actually matters for your oral health, which is healthier habits. And quip sensitive vibrations with a built-in timer. Guide gentle brushing for the dentist-recommended two minutes with 30-second pulses ensuring an even clean. So every 30 seconds, it reminds you, ah, maybe start working on the next quadrant or however you want to divide your mouth up. And the sleek, intuitive design is simple to use and comes with a travel cap that doubles as a mirror mount. These thoughtful features make brushing something that you actually want to do twice every day. Yeah. You know, or three times if you want to take it to work and brush right after your meal. I brush a good three times a you day do? probably. Okay. Yeah, probably. I'm a two times a day kind of guy. I work from home though. Oh. So I can just be like, oh yeah, that's right. I had lunch. That's Why don't super I brush convenient. them? Yeah. yeah. All you have to do is never get to see people. <laughs> Quip starts at just $25 and you'll get your first brush head refill free, free at getquip.com slash oh no. It's a simple way to support our show and to start brushing better. But you have to go to getquip.com slash oh no, O-H-N-O, to get your first refill free. Go right now to getquip.com slash oh no. Wait a second, Carrie. Uh, I'm getting a message from Jeanette McDonald. Whoa. She was America's. From McDonald's? No. She was America's sweetheart and a very talented singer. Okay. Really an opera trained singer. Okay. In the mid to late 30s, I think was kind of her Wait, prime. let me Google this. <gasps> That's accurate. What? <gasps> Wait a second. I'm getting a Nelson. That she what? knew a Nelson, yes. Nelson Eddy? Yes. Oh, my that God. That is also coming up is, on this Google search. Is that search. easy to confirm on yes, your phone? Yes, it's right here on my phone. It took me less than 10 seconds to find well, that. Well, now you know it's true. And <sighs> rather than revealing any pertinent information about her life, she wanted me to tell you uh-huh. that you should invest in comfortable footwear. Whoa. This is changing my worldview. Now that I know that humans survive the death of their own bodies and they come back and they find special people who are really good at talking to them. And then they say, I have advice for someone else who I've never met, but who's (laughs) in that room. Mm -hmm. Now that I know the world's like that, I'm going to get some Rothy's shoes because because Rothy's are fun. They're functional. They're pretty. And they're made of recycled water bottles, folks. So cool. So yeah, you could have shoes made out of new materials mined out of the depths of the earth. No, that's not how shoes are made. <laughs> or, or you could have shoes that come from reclaimed materials that would have just gone uh, straight into a turtle's nose. Did you know that people actually use pigs to hunt for shoes in the uh, Parisian wood? Yeah, I know. Or you can get shoes that are made out of, like, coffee grounds Wait, that a cat a, eats. Is this a real thing? No. Because <laughs> they hunt for truffles. Yeah. Okay. I'm just uh, thinking of different things that people love to tell you how they're made. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Did and you the, know? The and, cat poop coffee. Yep, yep. Oh, is that what you were going to say? No, but I, I okay. know that reference, and this is me nodding. Like, yeah, I know some trivia. I've heard about <laughs> the cat poop coffee. <laughs> you got to let people know. You were Uh, not the first one to tell me this information. (laughs) I'm nodding. I'm nodding. I'm nodding. Um, Shoes also can kill you if you leave them in a cave for too long and you intentionally put (laughs) bugs in the middle of them so they extra mold. And it's actually a delicacy in some countries, but... (laughs) It can kill you. That's that cheese. Anyway, have you heard about this company making stylish (laughs) shoes for women and girls out of recycled plastic water bottles? 
Yeah, the, now we're back to the real information. Uh, <laughs> Sarathis are the perfect everyday shoes for life on the go. They own and operate their manufacturing workshop where they prioritize sustainability every step of the way. Plus, Rothy's ship directly in their shoebox. No unnecessary packaging, Thank which God. we appreciate for the environment as well. These are feel-good flats in more ways than one. Plus, Rothy's always come with free shipping and free returns and exchanges, so there's no risk, there's no worries, and there's no reason not to try. So check out all of the amazing styles available right now at rothys.com slash oh no. Go to rothys.com, R-O-T-H-Y-S dot com slash O-H-N-O to get your new favorite flats. Comfort, style, and sustainability, these are the shoes you've been waiting for. So head to rothys.com slash oh no today. We get back to the room, the main room where we've been having our quote unquote seance Mm -hmm. slash trivia contest. Mm -hmm. And it's time to actually get some heavy duty readings for the people in this room. At last. Boy. And the whole front row is going to get readings because they're the VIP ticket holders. They paid twice as much. Yeah, they deserve it. Yep. And so she starts working her way from the far side of the room. Mm -hmm. And there's only two main rows. Mm -hmm. And there's a few people sort of bunched up on either side who don't really answer to any row categorization. But, But roughly she's working from the far side of the front row toward us. She does a lot of aura reading. She does, yeah. So if you get a reading from Jill Marie Morris, you might be hearing from your ancestors. You might be hearing from famous people. She may read your aura. She may just read your energy. She may just give you a psychic reading and specify to you, this is just me being psychic. This is not a particular spirit telling me this. She has a lot of cats in her kettle. Yeah, she could talk to... made up that saying just now. So her first sitter is a woman in maybe her 50s. This woman had a really dark blue aura, apparently. Mm. She said, now, blue's a good color. It's balanced. It's very even-handed. A person who's very blue is very calm, so we're back to blue is calm. Okay. Which reminds me of Jerry Jerry Mungadze. She said, now, but yours is dark blue. And and a super dark blue like that can mean you're taking on too much, especially other people's problems, other people's energies. Now, a man's coming through for you. He's showing lots of gratitude, but he says, you need to let go of something. And I think this is a young guy. He died at 32, 33. I'm thinking Jesus. No, yeah, 33. But, (laughs) But she said... No, I don't think so. So Jill says, well, okay, what I'm seeing is like maybe a Lewis and the Lewis had heart pain. Does this make sense to you? And she's like, no. Hmm. Okay. Well, why do I see you drawing people? I have an image of you drawing people. Does that make sense to you? Hmm. No. Or watching someone else draw people. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So maybe, you know, an artist. Right, you or you overheard someone talking about drawing, maybe? Oh, and I think this is where there was a woman sitting right behind her who said, I'm in a drawing class. Yep. Oh, there we go. Oh, that's so weird. Sometimes my psychic energies, they'll pick up the person right next to you. Isn't that fun? Isn't that interesting? <laughs> and then she told us that one time she asked a couple of ladies, were you guys fighting about a stove on the way here? I know that's a really weird question. And it turned out it was the two women next to them who were actually arguing about it like as they were walking to this event. Oh, like like, out on the street where they were overheard. (laughs) I know. I was like, don't tell us that detail. Let me clean this up for you. (laughs) 
Uh, speaking of which, uh, she does drawings of her own, spirit drawings. Oh, right. You can see them on her website. Jill Marie They're Morris. They're pretty cool. Yeah. And <laughs> you told me about this. She uh, talks about her great-great-grandmother, Gertrude. She has a spirit drawing of her, yeah. who was a full-blooded Chippewa Native American Indian. This could be true, but it's also a very common trope for white people. This is a fellow white person. Uh, to have this story of the one Native American person back in the ancestry. And then to sort of patronizingly attribute magical qualities to them. Yes. And that's Some sort of definitely going on here. Communication with nature or the spirit world. Right. It can be a part of it, but you don't know default because this person's indigenous that that's their vibe. Little anyway. weird she'd put that on her website. Yes. Little weird. Anyway. This is so common though that if you go to 23andMe's FAQ section and FAQ is why does it not say I'm Native American when I know that I'm Native American? Because my family's told me. <laughs> oh, uh, and it seems Cherokee is the most common Yes. One. Oh, yeah. I hear I, that I, a lot. I've run into this with a few people that I've known who have been convinced that there yeah. was Cherokee bloodline. And, of course, this very famously came up with Elizabeth Warren. Elizabeth Warren. Yep. Indeed. Okay, anyway, so this woman with all the blue, she needs to figure out how not to be such a sponge anymore. She's taking on all this energy. Still doesn't know who Lewis is. She's not really verifying one, but she's not fighting back either. It mm -hmm. just seems to not really be landing for her. So she says, well, you know, you let me know if you figure out who Lewis is. You can go on my website and use the contact form. You're going to run into him. He's probably an ancestor you don't know about, but be patient. Okay. Yeah, what are we going to do with Not that? a strong reading. Nope. Uh, so then reading two, another woman. She has a purple aura, which means she has passion, spirituality, but she's also got a temper. And she doesn't really respond to that. And then she says, oh, well, I mean, you're not quick to anger, but you <laughs> bottle up your anger and then you explode. Okay, so the two modes of being a human. Yeah, right. <laughs> First one didn't work, so... Right, let's try this other by one. By default, the other one. Because option three would be a human who never gets mad. At what, what would that mm. be? But so when she says that, her friends kind of titter, and she's like, okay, that's true, that's true. <laughs> so she says, okay, well, the person coming through for you is Sarah, if that makes sense. She's at peace. She wants you to... Oh, this is interesting. She says she wants you to be more feminine. Like, tone something down. Don't be a bull in a china shop. Hmm. I want you to be more proper. And, and, you know, it's interesting. I don't see you as improper, but she's saying that. May oh, maybe when you get really angry, she wants you to just sort of like pull back a little bit, be a little more delicate. She's like, oh, okay. Yeah, no strong hits happening here either. Right. Also, total sidebar, but she kept saying bull in a china shop, and then that shop got smaller and smaller. She said bull in a china shop, then bull in a china closet, then bull in a china <laughs> cabinet. I was, I was just like, waiting for like a drawer, yeah. dollhouse, <laughs> being smaller, smaller thimble. <laughs> That's funny. I didn't pick up on that. That's good. Yeah. So she asked her, is she into reading gossip magazines? And she's like, I guess I read some of that stuff online. She's like, okay, I thought so. Okay. <laughs> okay. There was one hit. She said, um, so who is Sarah? And she said, my great grandmother's name was Sarah. Okay. 
That's all we need there. Let's move on to reading three. Okay, I just came up with another pitch for a TV show. Is you it have... Flavor Babies? <laughs> no, but that's a great idea. We still have to that's, do Flavor yeah, Babies. Yeah, carries in my other podcast that we need to start. <laughs> but Okay, so the other show would be called One Hit Wonder, and you're a psychic, <laughs> and you have a room full of people, and you, you just like, you bomb every reading until finally you get one good hit, and you're like, thank you, everybody. That's the end of the show. And everybody wonders about it. <laughs> oh, how did this idiot get a show? That's the wonder. Oh. Saturdays on NBC. <laughs> okay, reading number three. So on this person, a male was coming through. This was, I gotta give it to her. This was brilliant. She's like, he's like barking like a dog, like angry, almost like a dog's bark. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, so smart. Okay, so mm-hmm. now all we need is an aggressive man or a literal dog. Right. Who's dead. Yeah, and then it'll be a, a strong hit. And you leaned over to me and you said, oh, sounds like Toomey. That's my Toom Tooms. Yeah. Boy, he was an aggressive little shit, but I loved him. <laughs> so also the male said, Heidi Ho. Oh, so Wilson. Yes. From Home Improvement. Exactly. Heidi Ho, neighbor. And she said, uh, he would dunk everything he ate, you know, donut and coffee, sandwich and gravy, whatever. That was an interesting, very specific one. Yeah, he's a real dunker. Love dunking. And uh, no, that. No? She's like, "Mm, okay. Would you have been impressed if he had been at Dunkirk in World War II? Yeah, probably. Uh, but that didn't happen either. So. <laughs> or if you were like uh, a professional basketball player. Oh, yeah. Yeah. As she was reading some of these things, they weren't particularly hitting, but I was thinking, oh, these are good lines, though. Like, mm-hmm. she had some clever mm-hmm. ones. And it, it sort of inspired me, like, oh, you know what? I need to start writing down a list of all of the good <laughs> kind of psychic reading tropes that, that work for a lot of people. That- okay, but... Also, the dunker could just be a professional baptizer. Go on. Yes. Oh, my. That would <laughs> have been be a great hit if said, oh, he was a minister yeah. and he would baptize people. Yes, that's he why I see him dunking. Dunk. <laughs> oh, you know what? I'm adding that to my list. <laughs> he loved to dunk. To dunk. I know that sounds crazy, but was he, was he maybe a dunkirk or was he maybe a basketball <laughs> player or a minister who baptized people? Like, think outside the box here. This is gold. And then she said... You know, you seem very calm, but I'm sensing like a lot of anxiety under the surface. She's like, oh, okay. Yeah, this is a good line that I thought, oh, yeah, I could use this for the future. It Totally, yeah. Because that describes everybody. Yeah. And, and that's one of those kind of forer statements. That you present a very cool and collected exterior, right. but inside you're your own worst critic and constantly yep. full of self-doubt. Yep. Yes. Oh, wow. How did you know that? Oh, my goodness. I put so much energy into presenting the best version of me to the world. (laughs) But inside, I'm a mess. How did you know that? Do you follow my Instagram? That's because we're humans. That's what we all do. Yeah. What you should really ask yourself in these moments is, am I so that... That like a stranger would describe me yes, as that, that or, a, really, or a good friend. That it stands out, yes. that you'd be unusual in that respect. Right. But yeah, I thought that was such a, a smart line. So mm. mental Oh, for note. sure. She said, have you been thinking about getting a part-time getaway? Like, okay, so it's not a permanent thing, but like a step away and come back. Step away and come back. It's almost like you go there part-time. She's <laughs> like doing her best not to say the words timeshare. Yeah. But that's exactly what she was describing. Did you buy a timeshare? Yeah. And- we were both like just waiting for her to be like, because for 20 days only, I can offer <laughs> yeah. you. I'm sitting maybe in Florida. You don't have that? Well, the spirits tell me you should. You probably should. And oh, 
out. I have a form right here. Oh, that's, that's so a, weird. That's so weird. Uh, she didn't do that. So then this woman's dad came through. Yeah. And he was saying, I was your dad, damn it. And she's <laughs> like, does that make sense to you? And she's like, um, okay, yeah. You know, being like, yeah, I, I was your dad. Yeah, of course, it's going to make sense. But damn it. Damn it. Okay. Yeah. I guess if he swore a lot, maybe she would say like, oh, that's him. <laughs> oh, sure. Yeah. It, it wasn't getting a strong reaction. So then she said, was your dad a doctor? And she said, well, I don't know. Now, this is a huge giveaway. Yeah. And Jill somehow didn't pick up on it. Yeah. Very clearly, she's intimating that she never, she knew, never her knew her father. She never knew her dad. Come on. So then she's so like- So either he died when she mm, was young. Okay. Right. Or, or he was an absent father. Right. She's like, was he- Okay. Something about a nursery? He's showing me a nursery now? I'm like, lady. Missed opportunity. Boy, oh boy. Anyway, she just keeps getting no's from this woman. And then she says, uh, now, I also, is there like a mother figure who passed? So not your mother, a mother figure who passed. Mm-hmm, okay. Mm-hmm. Any woman, do you know any dead woman? You know? Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, it's, no, only men have died in my life. Yeah, isn't that amazing? There's kind of no reaction. And then she's like, you know, it's interesting because I feel like your mother and father don't operate together. They're not as like a single entity. Okay, there we go. That's, yeah. Now she's picking up the, the breadcrumb trail. <laughs> right. So the sitter's like, oh, yes, uh, that makes sense. Okay. Then she just keeps going for it. Your mom's talking about her knees and how she'd go in and out of the kitchen. She, her knees really hurt. Sitter's like, gosh, I, that doesn't mean anything to me. I, I will give Jill credit for this. Whereas with Cindy Kaza, I feel like she was almost reading from an actuarial table. You know, like, what's the most common name? Mm, what mm-hmm. What is the most common situation? I feel like Jill would more often go for those kind of wild grabs mm-hmm. that are really good payoffs if they hit. Yes. And, but then, you know, at least in this case, there were a string of misses all in a row. Right. When you do that and you get even one hit, we will forgive 20 plus misses if you get a really good specific hit. And I will get one later in this story. Like uh, Mark Edward, who we've had on the show a couple times, he may have mentioned this on the show, but he'll say in his routines, he'll say something like, well, what is it with the clown and the graveyard? Which uh just sounds so bizarre and weird and different. But if you've got a big enough crowd, someone's got a story about a a clown in a graveyard. And for them, that's going to feel like the most intimate Mm -hmm. thing that you just jumped inside their heads. In Ian Rollins' book on cold reading, he talks about just the importance of going full gusto at Mm -hmm. a random fact if you have a big enough audience. I mean, and be really random with yourself, kind of like with improv. Like, don't even think about whether this makes sense. Don't censor it. Why do I? see uh, a man with a kettle for a head yeah it should feel that bizarre because then when it hits for someone it's huge oh one of my favorite x-files episodes was repose of clyde bruckman or something like that uh one of my favorite x-files writers wrote that one and one of the psychic readings was seeing a little squat nazi stormtrooper and so later on they're at the scene of the crime and they see a propane tank and it has just this kind of covering that looks sort of like a hat. And Ooh, huh, from the back, okay. doesn't it look like a squat white Nazi stormtrooper? Oh, uh, wow. And, and it was just one of those weird things where later on it connected just enough. Uh-huh. To, and this is fiction. And this is fiction, right. That's funny. But I think it's a, that's a good example, the kind of thing you can throw out there. And Definitely. And it just might work. It might. So anyway, Jill asks this woman, uh, so do you have any questions for me? 
And she says, well, who else comes through for me? So this woman is not satisfied. She says, well, you also have an aunt. She's really clingy. Do you know who that is? She's like, mm, I don't think so. Okay, well, she is. She really takes possession over you. And she didn't want her death to be formal. And she was grateful that you protected her. And this is just like clearly gibberish to this woman. She's uh-huh. nodding politely. Hmm. All right. So moving on to the next person, reading number four. You're welcome. That was worth $40. <laughs> reading number four, this woman has lots of green in her aura. And that means there's a lot of health around her. And she says, you know, I get this a lot with PTOT doctors, you know, anything in sort of the medical field. And mm. she says, oh, well, what about speech? And she says, oh, yeah, totally no speech. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. I always forget speech. Always but forget yes, speech. The, yes, definitely. Exactly. And then she said, now, yellow is really good for you. You, you should be attracted to yellow. And I'm getting the name Will, like as a short for William. Will is coming in. That's a really good name for you. She's like, oh, don't know any Wills. Okay, that's good. You know, maybe you'll you'll meet him. He's going to be very important. It's like my brother's name is Will. It's going to be like that. Pretty impressive not to know a Will. Yeah, you're right. Uh, and then someone said, oh, maybe it's somebody who has a Will. Yes, I, trying to help her. And she said, no, 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 no. no. We, no, don't, no, no. we don't do that. We don't do that. Yeah. We stick to-, to names and genders and nothing else. Uh, you know, I always think that's to their credit when they slough off one of the multiplier effects. Yeah. Oh, for sure. So then a grandmother comes through and says, don't go to a casino. And the sitter's like, don't worry. I never go to a I casino. don't like those. She's yeah, like, well, don't. Well, don't. And don't be surprised if someone asks you and don't go. All right. How often does that happen? Hey, Maud, let's go to a casino. <laughs> It'll be great. Oh, I really you could shouldn't. Win. No, I mean, you could win a lot of money, I Maud. I casinos, but maybe I would. We'll no, the- wait. The psychic told me this would happen. I will oh, not go. All right. <laughs> Harold slinks off. <laughs> um, so yeah, she said, yeah, I really, I don't like casinos. Well, good, good. You shouldn't. You know, she shouldn't go to a casino. Yeah. <laughs> with how her gambling was turning out. <laughs> 2J. So then she said, okay, do you have any questions for me? And this woman also asked, do you see anything else for me? Unsatisfied customers Oh, here. wow. So she's maybe hoping there's something... Something more. Imagine if you like came here to talk to your dead daughter or something, and they're like, "Well, I I see a Sean. That oh yes, your cousin's uncle's dad. That's him." With the uh, the independent investigations group that we often mention, I once posed as a palm reader on the streets of Los Feliz and uh-huh. had some very successful palm readings. Later on, we were asking them to rate my performance, and one woman said, "Like oh, he got so close." Because he was talking about like uh, medical issues, and if he had mentioned my chest, like I just <laughs> had a diagnosis, oh, and wow. like I, it was something where I'd gotten very close, but I hadn't crossed that line. Uh-huh. And if I'd just been a little bolder, it uh-huh. would have been a huge hit for her. Oh, she right. still gave me like a, I don't know seven or eight out of ten, but well, like done. you could tell she was ready to be like really impressed if I had, and that would have been such an easy thing to say, like oh I'm sensing something because everybody who. Not everybody, but many people who die, you know, do so from an injury to their chest area Uh or their head area because (laughs) our brains and our hearts are really important for keeping us alive. And so just saying something like about that region could go a long way. And if it's not her, it's someone in her immediate family or that's something you should watch out for, talk to your doctor about. Yeah, I I passed up on that opportunity. It would have been a great hit. You know, my dad used to always say when 
people would say in the newspaper that someone died of heart failure, he'd always say, well, everyone dies of heart failure. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. <laughs> so do you see anything else? And she said, well, your grandmother is very controlling. No offense. She's, she would say no offense a lot. But no one else is coming forward. Well, actually, wait, maybe a Paula or a Pauline. She's like, uh, no, I can kind of think of someone, but not someone I know well. Well, it doesn't matter. Who is she? Let's see. I think she's the aunt of my brother-in-law. I've never met her. Did she have weird hair? And the sitter says, she kind of did. <laughs> I like this weird hair one, too. These are kind of fun. Yeah. Jill's like, yeah, it's weird what the spirits validate. So then she said... Your grandma's really protective, and if you have new friends that leave you, if people tend to sort of dissipate from your life quickly, that's your grandma pushing them out. And this sweet sitter said, well, I'll pay more attention. How's that? (laughs) Oh, that's right. I remember this woman. Yeah. Yeah, She was, there's something about her that I liked from the very start, Uh, but she was very gracious in her denials. Yeah, you could tell. She was getting across both sentiments. I'm not holding this against you, but also I wouldn't say I'm impressed. Yeah, class. Yeah. Then we get reading number five. She immediately turns to this woman and says, who's Casey? Mm-hmm. So this sitter doesn't know, but then her like maybe friend or sister a couple seats over. These are all great casts of the fishing line, yeah. but uh, they're just not hooking. Casey is also great because he could be the name Casey or it could be the initials Casey. Mm-hmm. I think it's great. If I were doing a cold reading, I would throw out a lot of the lines like she's using. Mm-hmm. So Sitter doesn't know, but her friend or maybe sister two seats over does and says, oh, yeah, Casey loves her. So Casey loves Nicole. So now we learn our sitter's oh, name. Oh, yeah, this t- did turn into a hit. Yeah, because she took care of Casey's brother, who was my husband, when he was dying. Okay. okay. All okay. right. So, you know, the sitter's like, oh, okay, sure. And so Jill says, well, you're getting news from Casey. It's like a wind in your ear. He's saying, count your pennies. Hmm. Okay. Sitter, sitter doesn't really understand that. She's like, you know, it's not like necessarily a problem for you, but that's what I'm seeing. The sitter says, well, I am managing my dad's budget for him. He's quite elderly mm-hmm. and he keeps overspending. He keeps like buying stuffed animals and things that just he doesn't need, which I love. The <laughs> old man who spends too much on the stuffed animals. Yeah. She says, oh, okay, that, that must be what it is. And was there a really close call in a car? That's a great cold reading that is a good one ross takes out his phone to add it i've got Um, yeah i've got a list here that i'm keeping the sitter says oh okay yeah a few days ago i thought a cop was gonna pull us over she says "Ah, okay that's when your mother was protecting you everyone's got a story of a close call in the car you do oh yeah uh i do yeah Yeah, we all do another good catch-all cold reading is the oh what was the the incident around the water water when you were a kid you know, everybody has Immediate, that. Immediate, yeah. Yep. And then, okay, so she says her mother was protecting her. And then she says, and people often ask me like, well, how can a spirit do that? How can it protect me if it's just energy? Well, think of it like friction. If you rub, rub a balloon in your hair and it pulls your hair up, it's like that. Okay. Mm-hmm. I know of that phenomenon. Mm-hmm. That's all we need. Okay, now here is one of the most blatant hot readings I have ever heard. Okay. And I've been in this business Uh a long time, sir. Okay, so she says, now your mother is showing me little tiny baskets, like itty bitty baskets, and each one holds an 
egg. Oh, and yeah. she says they're not separated the right way. You have them all pushed together, but they need to be separated correctly into their own specific tiny mm. basket. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we do a little bit of back and forth before we realize that this woman has a collection of Fabergé eggs. That her mother had. She's not that impressed by them, so she has them sort of pushed into a corner. I assume they're not actually made by the real Fabergé. Probably not. But I did look up famous Fabergé egg collectors just to make sure I couldn't get a lead. I could not. Okay. Yeah, and she's like, oh, yeah, she loved these stupid eggs. I know what you're talking about. And I push them into the corner. It's kind of a joke between me and my friends. And I'm mm. thinking, oh, so a thing you would post about on social media? Uh, yeah. Well, and also this is one of the families that had been read by her many times before. Well, her mom is always with her. She loves her. But fix those eggs. <laughs> okay, cool. Guy, next person's a man. And she says, with you, I see a man holding a sign that says 14. Does that mean anything to you? So 14 is sort of um, a dog whistle for white supremacy. It is this, there's the 14 word phrase that's something like, we'll protect the whiteness of our children throughout history, blah, 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 blah. Just like racist nonsense. Okay. You don't think she was purposefully going for that? I wouldn't think so, but I did wonder if she had seen some sort of picture of someone holding up the number 14, which would scream white supremacist. Wow. How horrible would that be if like he acknowledged that and then she said blood and soil and then she moved on (laughs) to the the next reading? Um, Wow. Yeah, I had no idea of any of that. So she says, does that mean anything to you? And he doesn't really respond. And then she says, well, I see him in like like a Navy uniform. Does that make sense? And he's Mm. like, well, yeah, he was in the Navy for 40 years. That deserved a slightly better reaction (laughs) than he gave her. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, I kind of get it. It's like, well, that's such a hit that I'm not impressed because you must have looked that up. Oh, interesting. Okay, yeah, yeah. But she said, well, he's showing me himself in a white uniform, holding a sign that says 14 and smirking. And he says, lucky dog. And he's like, oh, gosh, I don't know what that means. She said, it might be something with Vegas or Cambodia. He's like, nope. Hmm. Okay. Well, your dad says if you have to stay home for a little while to take care of yourself, just do it. And you're going to have to get something bone-related done, and you should just take care of yourself. And his wife's like, yeah, okay, he's getting a bone graft. In his uh, mouth, yeah. Yeah, so that he can get a dental implant. And so that was the connection with the bone thing there. Okay. Take care of that. Uh, I I still feel like these readings are getting warmer on this side of the room. Oh, do you mean as in they are better hits or yes. hotter readings? Yeah, hot, oh, both, both I yeah. guess, yeah. Oh, this was really cute. She was like, your dad also really appreciates that you quietly give to people. Do you know what that means? Oh, oh, I'm putting that in my list. That's another good one. I was waiting for something along the lines of, yeah, you know, every month I give to Doctors Without Borders or whatever. Yeah, well, <laughs> and it's such a good so opportunity cute. for a humble brag, too. Yes, totally. Oh, well, you dragged it out of me, but uh, yes. Yes, I yeah, actually, do. I am, in fact, a member of the ASPC. <laughs> but he said, well, whenever I go to Starbucks, I buy myself something, but then I also buy something for someone else, but I don't tell them. Oh, that's so, so nice. cute. So cute. I love it. Um, and she's like, well, he's very proud of you. That's something he would do, too. Oh, yes, it is. So reading number seven, we get this woman who Jill says, I see that you have a sort of a need to joke around, and that's good. And your paternal grandpa comes through, and he's really arrogant. He has like a chip on his shoulder. And the sitter says, oh, no. Oh, that wouldn't be him. He 
so humble. <laughs> no, no, no. He was very proud. I went for the opposite end of the spectrum, and uh, it would be too embarrassing for me to change. And so I will rewrite all of your memories. <laughs> Okie dokie. Right. No, I see him as edgy. He comes off that way to me, and he says, he says, I shouldn't even be doing this. I shouldn't be doing medium work. I thought that was pretty clever. Like, oh, that's uh-huh. a way to turn that into his reaction just to her. Right. Preserve as, your memory. As the messenger. That was um, that was a smart pivot. And, you know, old guy, more likely to be religious. Mm-hmm. So she said, I, and uh, was he religious? And she says, kind, not really. Oh, boy. Yeah. Another one that has a high probability of being correct. Totally. Didn't work. She said, okay, well, now I see something with a TV. And she says, yeah, I don't know. You know, I... I didn't know him well. Jill just said, shoot. <laughs> the honest thing <laughs> yeah. uttered in the entire <laughs> For evening. For real, I really was disappointed. Then, the, I really didn't like this. Then she was like, hey, whose dog broke a leg? Hmm. She says, oh, my daughter's dog is 15. Not doing so He's well. He's got a bruised paw. Or yeah. Something. It wasn't quite a broken leg, but it was, yeah, some kind of uh, weakness. Yeah. And, you know, he's older, so he's got a lot of kind of bumps and bruises. And Jill says, How do I say this? Do you want to hear everything or no? Hmm. She says, Oh, you can say everything. Okay. This dog isn't doing well. He's got a bad foot. He's struggling. And I see you're going to have to make a decision about this dog in the not-so-distant future. You would have fought this woman if she'd done that to you. Oh, yeah. I mean, it kind of hurts me to just read my notes that say that. It's like, it's that same thing. It's like, you don't know anything about this situation, and you're going to give yourself, like, extra credit for having insight Mm -hmm. and tell me I'm going to have to kill my dog soon? Yeah. Screw you. That's as scuzzy as Charles Manson's hair. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you're just going to say as scuzzy as Charles Manson. And I was like, oh, well, okay, back up a little. <laughs> but his, his hair? His head, right. yeah. Yeah, his scuzzy head. <laughs> and then she said, you know, use your common sense with what you do as a nurse. I know you will. This woman had not, as far as I know, mentioned being a nurse. So there was a giveaway that they had had prior. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. So anyway, this lady's going to get some money soon. Okay. So that's good. Cool. Not at the casino. Don't go there. <laughs> Okay, reading eight. Boy, we got our money's worth here. So with reading number eight, she said, I'm hearing the song, I Don't Know Why I Love You, But I Do. That old song, I don't know why I love you, but I do. Thank you for singing that, because in the moment, I was thinking, oh. Okay. I don't know why I don't know this, but I don't. Yeah, that lady didn't seem to resonate with her. Again, like, if it was a hit, that would be a great hit. Oh, totally. And then she said, well, your husband... And I think she either knew that from before or had picked up on that from the Casey discussion. This woman has a dead husband. She said, "Uh, he wants to congratulate you. What's that about? And she said, oh, you know, that makes sense. He always wanted me to lose weight. And, you know, for my health, he was very sweet about it. But um, I just lost 70 pounds. So we all clap for her. We all clap for that. Good job. That was obviously a goal for her. Right. She was happy about it. She mentioned that it was for her health. And then Jill said, and, you know, a lot of money's going to start flowing to you. 
She said, oh, okay, good. I, I remember that. She said, yeah, he wants to congratulate you because you've turned over a new leaf. A new leaf, that's right. Yeah, which I wrote down in my little doc of uh, of good phrases to read to people. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. Because then they fill in the info, but you get all the credit for having totally. identified whatever recent success they had. And even if you haven't totally, but you just feel like, oh, I am trying something new. You'll now just, it's validated. Okay, that effort right has been path. acknowledged by your loved one. Yeah, yep. it's, it's a smart one. Um, and then she said, oh, and also go to the pool more. Everybody wants, <laughs> wants to, to go, go to the pool. To the pool. It's so true. It's true. That's a reference to our ayahuasca episodes. But guess who got reading number nine? You. Yes, finally. Yeah, she she moved over to the second row. Yeah, who wants a reading? So, okay, I do. And I said, um, yeah, I'm getting married in a year. And everyone applauded for me because I found love. And then I said, do you see anything with my engagement or my wedding? And she said, don't be surprised if a Milo interferes. Mm-hmm. Now, she didn't say Milo. She said my actual ex's real name. Which is a common name. It's a common but name. But still. But it's, that's it was, a wonderful hit. It was an impressive hit. And Carrie burst out laughing. I laughed. I started. You said, wow. Yeah. <laughs> we were both that, very impressed. That was good. Uh, everyone's like sort of waiting for us to explain. And uh, I said, when my last boyfriend's name was Milo before my fiance, the whole crowd went, oh, <laughs> and she looked like shocked, like, oh, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, I oh, knew that. Of well, course. That's you why may I said try that. to interfere. <laughs> yeah. And I said, well, what's he going to do? And she said, well, I, I see interference. Um, all of a sudden, he's just there. And I see you just kind of like, leave me alone. You'll hold down the fort well. It'll be good. Just tell him to take a hike. I said, I will. If uh, we hear anything from Milo between now and your wedding, we'll call that a hit. For sure. Because I don't expect that to happen. If he shows up at the wedding, I would be 40% delighted. Really? Well, yes, because I I haven't heard from him in years. It would be so absurd and it would validate this. Uh, Yeah? I don't know. It would be very good. Should we have like a secret keyword if you need me to remove him? Oh, definitely remove him no matter what. Oh, okay. Happy to. I want him to show up and me to be like, this is so nuts. And then him to go. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Cool. Cool. (laughs) So then next reading was a woman who, okay. So she raised her hand and she's like, I've had a lot of deaths in my family recently. Can you see anything? Who, boy, guess who comes through? Oh, I can't even remember. Sean. Sean of the dead? (laughs) I guess so, technically. So she's like, I don't think I know a Sean. Okay, so we have this poor person who's had multiple deaths in her life recently, mm-hmm. comes to a medium, and a Sean who she can't place comes through. Now now we're just playing this weird exercise of me trying to validate the name you came up with. Yep. And so, but she can't think of any Sean, which is amazing. And then Jill's <laughs> like, I think he's a friend of a suicide victim. Okay, so our sitter's like, okay, I have a family member whose sister's stepson did die of suicide, but his name isn't Sean. And she says, okay, well, that's fine. Just don't take on the shoulda, coulda, wouldas. There's nothing you can do to help those people. Like, you couldn't have prevented it, you know, Mm. not there's nothing you can do to help them in that sense. Uh, But Sean is still here and he's pointing at a car. Did someone die in a car? Okay, that's a reasonable guess. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Second most common cause of accidental death in the yeah. U.S. Okay. But uh, the sitter says, no, 
She says, okay, okay, then there was motive in this. Okay, <laughs> so we're like, suicide? No. Okay, uh, car accident? No. A murder? <laughs> uh, so she says, did a young man die? And I couldn't really understand the sitter's answer to that. Okay. And she said, okay, well, Sean's coming through. And he says, someone took everything away from him except the clothes he had on. And the sitter said, ah, it's a little far-fetched. Wow, yeah. yeah. Ballsy. Yeah. And Jill said, well, I don't know. That's what he shows me. Hmm. And you know what? It's almost like dignity. Did they strip him of his dignity? And the husband of our sitter now kind of pipes up and he's like, no. And like seems kind of pissed. Right. Yeah. You're mischaracterizing the situation. Yeah. Uh, of people I like and respect. Mm-hmm. And she said, well, he. I mean, I mean, not from you, not uh, stripped of his dignity because of you. And the husband says... Right, but they took great care of him. So, no. <laughs> yeah, wow. So Jill's like, okay, well, you know, he, he just feels this way. And it must be something you didn't really know about. It's not a big deal. He's not mad, but he's not exactly happy. And, and, and do you know a Georgina? They don't know Awkward. a Georgina. Oh, my God. Yeah, it was just so much of this. And it was so uncomfortable. And yeah, it just evolved into her being like, is there a regret with the sister? And the wife's like, nope. Mm-mm. I see a lot of medicine. Oh, okay. Yeah, she was taking medicine when she died. Yes. Oh, that's okay. a good one. I'm putting that on my list. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah, that must be her. You know, there's no way you could have reversed what happened to her. It was just kind of heartbreaking to watch this one. Um, that, not a good way to end the show. No. The next one was funny, though. It was the girl dressed as Wednesday Adams. She asked about her past lives, and Jill said, You were Wednesday Adams. And said that Wednesday, we're calling her, should uh, be in the mortician business or oh, something, okay. something around death. Okay. Yeah. Cool, cool. Okay, I'm writing this down in my text document. I'm seeing a lot of medicines. Okay. Yeah, so for sure. I'm building up a good list of cold reading techniques. Uh, maybe at a future live show, we should uh, live read Do our audience. Li- yeah, totally. Okay. I'm literally have a hoarse throat from telling all these stories yeah yeah that was that was a wild ride this episode we promise is at least slightly shorter (laughs) than the actual experience we will make sure (laughs) yeah that's right because we were there for about two and a half hours yeah so if this is less than that you're welcome yeah consider yourself uh lucky (laughs) but you know what we tell gags we have fun along the way. We're having a good time. We're friends hanging out. It's about the journey. This, this is what happens. It's so thank you for coming with us. And uh, I guess that's it for our show. I don't know. I don't think we really need to rate this. I think we've talked about yeah, it. Yeah, you guys get it. And it, it feels fairly consistent. I would say with ratings, I would give to Cindy Kaza. Yep. So. Same. And very similar to her show. All right. Well, that is it for our show. Our theme music is by Brian Keith Dalton. This episode was edited by Victor Figueroa. Our administrative manager is Ian Kramer. You can support this and all our investigations by going to MaximumFun.org forward slash donate, D-O-N-A-T-E. That is the best and most immediately helpful way to keep our investigations going. But you can also support us by putting a good word out to the universe, preferably a part of the universe where other people will see it or hear it. (laughs) Pray about it. Carrie's like rocking out Mm -hmm. like she's a flower child. (laughs) And uh, yeah, like tell a friend, comment about how much you enjoyed the show so other people can find us. Leave us a positive review. Or just like (laughs) 
if you're sitting in class or in a big lecture or something, just lock eyes with someone and try to send it to them telepathically. <laughs> you should watch her. <laughs> you should listen to Ono, Ross, and Carrie. You should listen to Ono, Ross, and Carrie. Like everybody has spent at least half an hour like trying to reach out at objects to move them with their minds. <laughs> Do that, but with our show and just get it into their heads. Yeah, exactly. If it's successful, if one of you found the show because someone else... <laughs> Was doing that to you? Please write to us. Yeah, we want to hear about it. Yeah, for real. You can also find us on social media. You know, that thing ruining the world. We're on Twitter at Ono Podcast, and we're on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash onrack, O-N-R-A-C. And remember. Something happened when you were young with one of your knees. I see a, an injury. Is, is there a scar? <gasps> Hey, we're Ben and Adam, and we're here to tell you about our Star Trek podcast, The Greatest Generation. Why should I listen to a Star Trek podcast? You may be asking yourself. Well, ours is actually good and funny. We joke around, we uh, we have a lot of fun, we talk about film production techniques that are used in Star Trek. We love to break down the stories and the characters, and we just have a blast while we're doing it. It's kind of like sitting around with a couple of buds, having a beer, and talking about an episode of one of your favorite shows. So go to MaximumFun.org or wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe to The Greatest Generation. Yeah, whatever you're using to listen to this, just have it find us and subscribe. MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.